Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pistolka, and with me today, I have none other than Michael Gedlewski, and we're going to be talking about the importance of communicating more effectively from one of the masters himself. Michael. Hey, great to be here. You know what? I think think communication is overrated. I, I don't think we really have to communicate that much in business. I think technology can handle it all. AI. Artificial intelligence, just hit the button. <laughs> oh man, you know what? I, I that that discussion is definitely a hot topic right now. And I was I was testing it out a little bit over the weekend in this or in this week because I had honestly I hadn't really thought about it that much, and that's really sad. I know, but uh, other than in 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 general, you know, and some of the things that uh, you hear people that know a lot about it, but it it is interesting the kinds of answers that it generates on some general business questions or more specific things really um because yeah. it's yeah it's it's decent but it's just not human yet uh, anyway right and hopefully it'll never be you yeah 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 <laughs> or we're, we might be in big trouble then <laughs> but, but you can tell i think i think really and we're not going to talk about ai today but you can tell there's some there's going to be some good practical uses for oh yeah yeah, applications that can help lead people where they need to go and and, yeah. uh, and and do that. So it's it's definitely interesting. But no, I don't think we're gonna have to worry about AI replacing everyone tomorrow. Right, 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 yeah. right. So when we talk about uh, communicating more effectively, that's what we're gonna be talking about today. That's what you're doing. But let's start back a little ways. Okay. So. Tell us a little bit about what got you started in business. What really led you to the point to where you said, I want to help business owners and leaders and, and do what you're doing now. Well, I was in the sporting goods business for 25 years and everything was driven on results, right? Including my salary and my bonuses, right? And all the salespeople, right? So I was obsessed, if you will, with, uh, you know, turning the inventory, uh, getting higher profit margins and helping the salespeople make more money. And I I just felt that like that money was the answer to all problems, right? The more money they made, the more money I made. That was a win-win. Everybody's everybody's great then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, I found out after, uh, uh, you know, going bankrupt, getting divorced and losing my house, that money wasn't the end all be all, (laughs) didn't solve all my problems, only created more problems. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I found this company, uh, a a Paul J. Meyer company called Success Motivation Institute. And unbeknownst to me, it was a franchise. I went down for a big three day workshop, but I learned something about motivation that, believe it or not, I hadn't known. I was motivating my people with rewards. Right. And center motivation 
or fear motivation. I always wonder why why everybody didn't just, you know, blow the lid off of sales. Why some people sat back and they, because they weren't motivated by money. Mm -hmm. There were other things more meaningful and important to them, right? And uh, and we see that more and more in today's world, right? Where where millennials they want to work for companies that that have meaning, that do some some social good, that give back, that create, uh, that have a really good culture. So I, I bought that franchise, and um, I started out doing that uh, 1996. I went out full time, and I've been running ever since. <laughs> awesome, awesome, and that's I mean really. I mean, you were starting this in the age when it was reward motivation. That's that's oh, yeah. really what was that that was commonplace in the way people did it. Yes, yes, absolutely. It was incentive and fear. Do it or I'll do it or I'll fire you. You know, it's my way or the highway. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So as you as you've gone through this, what are when you very first started, what were some of the revelations that you had? Well, I, uh, I, you know, we hear all the time that people don't work up to their potential. We have a tremendous amount of potential, right? We tap into it. You know, the psychologist tells maybe 10, 15% of our potential. And uh, I realized that 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 was what people were doing. You know, they were just, they were auto, automatic pilot mostly, right? So they're just going through the routines and everything. And uh, when we started to help them really set meaningful goals for themselves, goals that were uh, that they had that they really, really wanted to achieve, and not not just money goals, but yeah, health goals, spiritual goals, social goals, uh, you know, learning goals, uh, that people really, really got excited about it, and no one ever really talked to people about their personal goals it was all business right you know yeah and god we trust all of this pay cash how much can you sell for me this month <laughs> yeah and it would that was uh man it was just a, a very very significant shift as people because we give them a process too everybody the goal setting is like the most beat to death topic in the world but nobody really has a process and Paul J. Meyer came out with this nine-step process that really helps people do that. Oh. And if you, it's kind of like if you, if you, you know, you, you go through this, the the worksheets and you you do the process, you're gonna hit your your chances of hitting your goals go up dramatically exponentially. Wow. And that's that's the thing that that it's always a struggle to is is to make sure that your goals do align with the entire person in a business because it, yes. it, it has changed so much and you can't just say, Hey, we want this, this output or this quality and, and blah, blah, blah. It's it, you, you, the one thing and, and you probably elaborate on this a lot. And what you do is that employee engagement piece of it as part of your overall, what you're you're thinking about measuring and working on in a business has become more and more important. Absolutely has. It really, really has. Looking at, we have a wheel of life and looking at that whole, the whole person, like you said, the total person. Yeah. And the other thing that's really significant, typically, if we set a, a big goal, like a, a BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal, personal BHAG, right? 
we have to become the person we need to become to achieve that goal. <laughs> yes. You know, if you're uh, whatever, a hundred thousand dollar a year salesperson or two hundred thousand dollar, three hundred or a million dollar year yourself, that's your comfort zone. And the minute you start getting because I've seen this for, for 30 years, uh, <clears throat> even before, as soon as that salesperson goes up and they're they're passing their numbers, the next quarter they can't sell a thing. Because they adjust, they they adjust back to their comfort zone. We live in our comfort zones, unless you're doing something uh, intentionally uh, to transform some real transformative work. You're going to stay there. You you can read all the books, listen to all the tapes, and have all all the affirmation. I am the greatest. I am the but you got to do the work. Uh, Muhammad Ali said, "I am the greatest," and he spent seven days a week in the gym practicing to deliver that right to be the greatest yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you can't just be in, in front of your mirror in the morning i am the greatest i'm the greatest and then jump in your car and make your first sales call and practice then <laughs> yeah yeah it is it is about putting in the work and then, like you said in sales there's just so much that's that's one of them i think where it is it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy it really it's you're going to go as far as you think you can go and that's where you're going to go up or down yeah, and, yeah, and a lot yeah. of it depends upon yeah you, your mind first, and then working on to get better and better at what you do. Yes, yeah, yeah. and you've got to be you got to uh, make a mindset shift, right? You've really got to work on your stuff if you're going to achieve higher levels of whatever, higher levels of income, any area of your life. Yeah, well, yeah, just take it personally. I mean, take yeah. it to a personal level, your family, your your spouse, your friends, whatever. If, right. if, if you want to be a better family member, it's it's not just going to happen. Right. 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 You know, if, you, if you're if you're a, a crazy anger, anger, uh, you know, bottle of anger waiting to explode, you know, that that's going to take some work to get that get that toned down to a point that it makes a difference. You know, you better believe it. You better believe it. And it is it is interesting though that that we are, I believe, in a interesting point in time when we've gone through this cycle of so hard to hire people, people leaving so quickly that um, are you finding that now people are more interested in really looking at developing and, and helping the people they have? Uh, no question about it. No question about it. And they're looking at their at their culture. Uh, you know, we talk about culture. We talk about core values and core purpose and all. But far too many times, they're like that plaque on the wall over there. Uh, that, like Enron. Enron had four core values uh, that were, you'd look at them and say, hey, they're great values. In fact, the first time I read them, I said, they're great core values. I'm going to use that in, in my presentations. And then later on, what happened was yeah. they were just core values on the wall that nobody paid attention to. They were the espoused core values and the company ran them up. So that's so critical. And now hiring people to get on the same page. If your core value, personal values are not congruent or in alignment with my core values, hell, we're going to have a big problem. I, uh, one of my, one of my companies, uh, I, I worked with a gentleman uh, a year or two ago and um, he, he loved the company and all, loved their core values, and they put some money into them. 
And this is what you get from business owners, right? Why should I invest in them? And then they'll leave. I said, you're right. Just don't invest in them and they'll all stay. And you'll have nobody growing, right? Yeah. So, uh, so they invested in him and he left. Within 30 days, for a lot more money. That's the only reason he left. Yeah. yeah. Within 30 days, he's on the phone with the owner. I'll come back. This is my job. I'll come back. It's same salary. I don't want any more money. Realizing how significantly different the culture was. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that, that I, it's, it always amazes me because it's well known, right? It's well known that most people don't leave for money. They leave for their managers. Yes. They leave because of culture. They leave because of working environment. There's all these other things and money's yes. like third, fourth down the list, sometimes not even on the list really. And right. we, we, those same companies often focus on money and don't actually get to the <coughs> problem. Right, right. So as you're working with people and doing what you're doing, is that part of the the well when we're talking about communication today too? Let's yeah. let's but when you're looking at communication, you're looking at culture, you're looking at the way that they're doing that. Is that part of what you're doing? Is you're really trying to figure out how the communication styles work together and how they could be good or bad for the people in the company, or or what are you really trying to do with that? It it almost it's always in the top one, two, or three concerns of a business. Oh, we got communication problem, communication problem. We got communication problems. Uh, nobody's communicating silos, whatever. And um, and then they, they do look for technology, right? That net. Poor, no technology will make up for poor communication. But they, boy, no software, no nothing. And and they they just like uh, I can't tell you how many times I'll I'll meet with a manager or the lead, the owner, and then we'll talk about maybe some coaching some folks on the leadership team, right? And then I'll have a problem with employee, and I'll come in every month or twice a month, and I'll say, Hey, uh, Damon, did you have that conversation with that person? We I coached you on and we talked about, yeah, I sent him an email or I sent him a text. <laughs> How'd that go? Uh, they're the same. Well, of course they are because there's no, <laughs> there's no human connection. I, I sent him a text, you know. Um, <laughs> I remember one, one business owner so ticked off at her uh, parts manager because his desk was like buried. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? Same thing. I said, um, so we talked, I coached her on what's saying on, came back next month. I said, how'd that go? She said, he didn't get it, man. I asked him if he found Jimmy Hoffa in that desk anywhere yet, and he didn't get it. <laughs> I'm like, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because now, now explain a little bit about when you're trying to help people communicate more effectively, what are some of the key things that you really need as a team? So I've got my leadership team. We got four or five people in here and we're, we're going to sit down. We're going to try to communicate more effectively. So where, where do we start? What are some of the things we need to learn? And then how do we utilize what we learned? The communication is the very foundation for a building block of our success in life, home, work, everything, right? And what I have found, what's absolutely amazing, 
I, I was working with a coach like 20 years ago and we we're doing strategic planning together. But before every strategic planning session we ever did, he did a disc profile on everyone that would be in the room. And I asked him, why do you, what are you just trying to sell these, these profile things? And he says, no, no, no. I need to know who's sitting around that table and all of their disc styles. Disc is D-I-S-C, right? And it's, it's a personality profile and it stands for dominant influence, steady and conscientious. And then he told me about introverts, extroverts, task oriented, people oriented. And I realized that if you didn't know who was sitting at the table and you had S's and C's there who had most of the information, they weren't going to say boo in a three, four day retreat. Mm-hmm. Right. And they had all the information, yeah. but no one would call on them and they weren't going to raise their hand because the meeting will be dominated by the high D's and the, and the, and the high eyes who are people oriented. Blah, blah, blah. So I, I do the assessment with every company and what they get it. If they've never seen that, even if they've seen it, sometimes they mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, my goodness. If that person is a different style than myself and, you know, the golden rule, what's the golden rule? I'm a loss for it right now. OK, do one to others as you. Well, we say that's no good because if I'm a high D. Exactly. Uh, Right. And, and you're a high S and I'm communicating in my style. There's a disconnect immediately. Yes. So we say the platinum rule do unto, unto others as they want to have done to un, done yeah. to them. Right. Yeah. So we learn each other's style and then we teach, we lay the whole thing out and then teach them the best ways to communicate with that style. The things, the, the best ways not to communicate with them. We create a whole matrix. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so each person, if they learn to flex their style into the other person's style, they're going to have uh, dramatically, dramatically more effective communication. Uh, they're going to, you know, so that that is huge. That is gigantic. Now, that only works, of course, if everyone flexes into the other style. Yeah. Because yeah. I had a business owner who was high D, which is dominant driver, uh, you know, task oriented, outgoing task oriented, uh, speaks in bullet points, be brief. His mantra was be brief, be bright, be gone. And I and I get it. So if he's a high I, an influencer comes into his office, he wants to have a big conversation about everything. Right. And talk and 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 the, the high D is like be brief, be bright, be gone. <laughs> So, yeah, yep. I think what you're saying there, though, it is is always an eye opener for me. And I've heard it a lot yeah. is just understanding the personality types of the people around you. Right. And realizing they're not you. First yes. Of all. Yes. First of all. And and then because. I learned about this a long time ago when we were in in some businesses and we started to use uh, personality based testing around hiring. Yes. Yes. The biggest thing I learned from it is don't hire somebody like me for every position. And I think we in business, we if we don't really look at that, it's helping in the communication, those kind of things. But we don't look at that. We don't. The, the personality understanding them is so critical because, you know, you may not want to put somebody that is, like you said, a high D person 
in as the senior accountant right. or somebody right. like that. Right. And, right. and, uh, nor would you want to hire a, uh, somebody that's a, on the other side of the scale as a salesperson. Right. Right. And it's so critical in that and in the communication, the way, what you're looking for in the people and the kinds of positions and stuff. And it helps you. If, I bet it, when you start to do this, it really helps them reevaluate maybe sometimes where people are at in the leadership. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I have another assessment called the achiever, which is dead on job match, job fit and a validity score. Oh, wow. and, uh, I remember years ago, I uh, went into a company, invited me in and I did the achiever on him and three other folks on his leadership team. You could have overlaid every achiever on each other because he did just what you said. He hired all all four people. Achiever was exactly like him, so he wasn't getting any new ideas, any any uh, positive skepticism, any like, no, I, I, how are we gonna, you know, double our sales or you know, do whatever crazy thing he wanted to do? And he he was always had crazy ideas, and everybody's like, yes, yes, we can do it. And then next month we'd have the first monthly management meeting, and nobody did it. Because their goals were, they weren't BHAGs, they were out of this world goals. Yeah. No one could hit them. That's another good point. It's when you understand the people on your team, you can make sure you're getting diversity in your team as well from a personality standpoint. Every person is unique and wonderfully made and bring a lot to the table if we understand their styles and appreciate their styles and then work with them. So I'm, uh, two years ago, I'm doing a debrief about, um, uh, well, it's uh, oh, the whole company. The, the, the owners, after he saw it, we did the leadership. He said, I want to do everybody in the company. So we did it group by group. And I'm in this group. And this guy sitting to my left. And we're talking about, I'm, I'm debriefing the four styles, D, I, S, and C. And this guy's like, I hate people. I can't stand working with people. I mean, he was just like, he just didn't want to. Had no time for people or working with him. So I, I'm, as I'm debriefing, I'm looking at his disc. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, no shit. He had no I, which is people oriented, high C and high D. So he was task oriented and wanted to do all the tasks right. So um, I talked to the owner after I said, look, this guy, it's, you're, you're going to lose him or fire him because he's in the wrong spot. Do you have another spot where he doesn't necessarily have to work with people? Like maybe doing computer programming where you can lock them in a closet or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I forget exactly what they found a job for. Him. And and he's happy. They're ha it was a win-win. But there would have been – it wouldn't have been long if they didn't find the right job for him that he would have been gone. Yeah. He was stressed out when I was debriefing him. <laughs> yeah, Wow. So as you as you're doing this, right? So you're sitting, you're going in, you're helping people understand different people. Now, give us some examples about on a daily basis how this is going to help uh, me as a leader, me as a team member when we're when we're going throughout the day. Well, think about it. Poor communication leads to poor performance, right? So that right away, quality is going to go down, performance is going to go down. Plus, depending on your style, uh, if you've got a high D uh, 
CEO or driver, maybe even in sales, right? And they're driving, they're taking not bad deals, but they're taking deals that it's going to take a lot of work to figure out or projects that are, they got more moving parts than you can shake a stick at. And then you've got a high C who's the project manager who has all like a process, right? And everything. Mm -hmm. And like what you just sold, none of that fits into that process. And it's like a disaster. So I just did a, I, I, right before Christmas, before I left, right? I did a company, uh, I think maybe eight or nine people that, that we debriefed. And the, the again, the light bulbs went off. Human beings have an infinite capacity for self-delusion. Let me say that again. Human beings have an infinite capacity for self-delusions. So high Ds think they're the greatest thing in, since sliced bread. High Is think they're the greatest communicator. The greatest, they're the worst listener. Uh, high, and we all have assets and stuff, but used to the extreme, all of our strengths become our weaknesses. So uh, the two, the CEO, and I guess the, the, the other person would have been really the second in command. They were at lot, they were going at it for a year. Head to head, they couldn't agree on anything. And it's the minute, that each of them, we debriefed their styles and they understood how different they were. Every time they met, it was like two people meeting, speaking two different languages that the other one didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And it just, it was just, they never got anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, and I fill in here, but it, it, it is, you see this in business a lot, the, the owner, founder, CEO, whatever, they tend to be kind of a visionary, like a <laughs> driver. And then when you look at the, the others in the organization, like the operational people or, you know, get into the technical people or something like that, they, they have to be more uh, detail oriented, get all the facts, process driven, those kind of things. And when you look at how different those two personality styles are, the yes. CEO wants to be able to say, hey, let's go climb that mountain. And then the the other person there wants to go, OK, what's the path? What are the conditions? How many people are going? How fast do we need to do it? And this person wants to know nothing of that. Right. Right. And when he wants to get there and when he does that to the person who's looking for all those other uh, benchmarks, that other person can't take it. They're like, because they don't understand it. Like, how could you just charge up that mountain, right? Mm -hmm. Are you crazy? We have to have a, or they, they tell the person, we want to climb that mountain. So the person comes back to them with the plan. And they say, we're leaving today, this afternoon. You know, they throw a hand grenade in the, and, and the, those folks, they're, they're the high S's, the steady relators. They're the heart and soul of the business. They get all the work done. They're the producer, they're, the, they're steady Eddie, steady Edith's, nine to fivers, and, and committed to the company. I mean, they're yeah. great people. And you'll never know they're there. They'll be at the lunchroom, they'll be in a meeting, and they really won't say boo, because they're very introverted, but they're just going to crank it out day in and day out. They're producers of, uh, in, in that sense, right? Not like sales producers, but your organization will come to a screeching halt without them. Yeah, yeah. 
One second. I will be. And someone was demanding my attention. A twenty, a twenty-pound West Highland Terrier. Oh. I, had to, I had a chance to either let him in my office or hear him bark. Right. So, <laughs> um, oh, I was on mute there. Sorry. Uh, but uh, that is so. That's so. It you know because you're right, and and this is why I think it's so interesting when we talk about communication, effective communication, how you do this. Um, <coughs> And I, I learned it far too late in, in, in my life and, and it's still, I mean, still beneficial, but in my management or, and, and career is, is I was perfectly all right with somebody saying we're going up the mountain and then I just figured it out. Right. And yeah, uh, right. that just is not good for everybody. And when you start to try to, you, you, you don't understand that, man, it just really does paralyze Right. The people, the people that would get you up the mountain, the, how you wanted, the way you wanted exactly if they just knew what it was. Right, right. Remember yeah. the movie Into Thin Air and the book? Mm -hmm. they, they climbed Mount Everest. The, the best of the best guys died, disaster, you know, uh, frostbitten, pieces of their body parts falling off. And yeah, it was it was a, it was a complete mess. Talk about pure poor communications at the ultimate level and not understanding who is on that trip. High S's, uh, the steady, they, they'll do the job. They want to know why. If you're going to change up stuff, they want to know why. They don't just like, like a high D wheel. Yeah, we're changing that. We're, you know, yeah, we're pulling the, that software out and putting a new one in tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so, they they'll change, but they have to know the why behind the what. You can't just tell them, "Look, just take that hill, charge up that hill." What are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So, as you see the workplace today, yes, and you're helping people today. Now we've got this unique situation where sometimes we've got three and four generations in the workplace. Yes, how? Do you believe that the multi-generational aspect that we're dealing with more today is is even leveling this up more, the importance of understanding and communicating differently? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, the, look, communicating, whether you're a millennial or a Gen X or a baby boomer or whatever, right? We still need to communicate with people. And when a lot of the disconnect it, there's some disconnect over values and things like that. But the more the more training and developing I do and, and the more younger people I have in these management books, they're like rock stars. I'm like, these kids are what? I mean, they're doing the program. They're doing the homework. They're doing the assignments. And, and like with, with the folks my age, they, they're like, I have to listen to that. I have to read that. I have to do the assignments. Yeah, if you want to. You know, they just push back all the time. And it's it just because uh, they're like, they're like been there, done that, um, you know, 60, 65, 50 to 6, 70 range. And I don't want to learn anything new. I don't care. But when they do also, when they learn each other's. See, when you get your when we do the disc, you get your own copy. Yeah. So when people read it, right, they're like, oh, my God. Oh my God, I just did this in 10 minutes and, and I got this 25 page report and it's about, it's so, so accurate. Never once in a while I get pushback, right? That full, I, 
baloney. That report, that's crap. You know, I said, well, we, we have a, a way to validate that. Uh, are you married or do you have a really good friend that you could give the report to and let them read it and let them give you feedback? Yeah, I do. I do. Well, do that tonight. And when I come in next week, uh, we'll talk about it then. <laughs> so the next week they come in, they're like, yeah, my wife or my husband said that report is absolutely positive. They throw it down. Absolutely accurate. And that is me. <laughs> Again, human beings have an infinite capacity for self-delusion. <laughs> I wrote that down. That, that is such a great thing because it is. I mean, we think, yeah, we think what we think. Yes, yes. And when you understand like that, that other person, whoever that other person is, uh, and you want to in, you want to have more effective communication. You also start to be a little bit more empathetic and, and especially if you're a high D. So I had an admin, great, 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 a high S, which is what I needed. Steady, do all the work, get it all done. And uh, I remember one morning, this is before the pandemic and all, when she'd come in the office and she came in, I said, uh, hey, how you doing? Good, good, good. And I, you could tell by the body line, by everything, right? She was I, good at all. I said, listen, on a scale from one to 10, with 10 being you can't get any better, life is good, and one, you're ready to jump off a bridge. I said, where are you now? And she said, like a four. And I was like, whoa, I pushed my, my, my chair back. I said, okay, let's, let's talk before we even, yeah. and we, and we talked half hour, 15, and I, and I'm like, look, get all, you know, here's 10 PowerPoints to prepare for here's this, get these, get these, you know, I don't want to talk about anything. Be brief, be bright and be gone. Just get the work done. But I, I knew she's important to me. She's an important asset to my company. If that asset is important enough, then I better take some time to do it, right? To take yeah. care of it. I take care of my car every 3,000 miles, change the oil filter, rotate the tire, do all this stuff so it runs forever, right? I all uh, copiers, whatever, they all have maintenance agreement. My computer, my tech guides are in there every single month doing a scrub, doing the, the cyber, doing all that stuff, right? Why wouldn't I take care of my people like that? Mm -hmm. I knew immediately that something was off. So yeah. spend a little time talking to her, finding out what's going on. Not that I could solve any of those problems, but you know what? The greatest gift we can give somebody is our presence. Being here. We don't realize that. Look how little yet how gigantically significant that is. Mm -hmm. I, work, I work with a leadership coach one time and, uh, he, we used to get together and have lunch and, and I'd go off on some rant and he'd say, do you want me to listen or do you want me to listen and give you feedback? And it was a great question because some days I'd say, just listen. I don't want, I don't want any advice, feedback, nothing. And other days I'd say, no, no, I want you to listen and I want to give, I want you to give me feedback. But what a great question. Do you want me to just listen to you or do you want me to listen and give you feedback? And I was right there. I was like, we were eyeball to eyeball. You, that, that's so powerful. What a gift that you give someone. Mm -hmm. That's a, that first of all, the gift of presence. Yes. Is, is it's the, like you said, it's the best gift you can give someone and things like this make it, yeah. make it much more difficult, but oh, it's, yeah. 
it makes it even more precious when you do give it. Yes. And I think that that a first of all is is if you can, like you said, if you can do nothing else but just stop and focus when you're right. talking with someone, that makes that's that's and you don't even have to know all the other stuff. If you do that one thing, that's a big step. Yes. Yes. And it's a gigantic step. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's one it's one small step for mankind for yeah. man a giant leap for mankind or something like that. <laughs> well, you're right, you're right because you know you we're all a hey, we're all human we we're we're not we're not great at a lot of things like you said we have that infinite capacity for self delusion. <laughs> but but if we did nothing more than just said I'm going to concentrate on the people I'm talking to. Yes. Yes. And you, listen to what they're saying. Yeah. I think we can get that part right. I and I don't. I, I mean, a lot of people are complaining about Zoom and Zoom fatigue and all that stuff. I, we're having a great conversation, and I'm totally one hundred percent. Might even be more present to you, uh, you know, because I'm not. I'm just focusing on you and not the other stuff around me. Not the shiny object. Like I love books. Obviously, you could tell yeah. that. <laughs> so. Um, I, I think it's it, it's valuable, and I yeah. we would have never even met if it wasn't for oh, yes. Yes. you know Zoom this type of technology. You're out yeah. on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. But there, you know, there this is something when you talk about communication. I think there, for me, and the the whole this you see all the not a lot, but a lot of companies are are mandating re, return to the office more right. days or full time and and yeah. those kind of things. And I think there, I think the the COVID pandemic just made it necessary, right? We're gonna have to run our business like that, right, right, right. But as we look at towards the future, understanding your people and and two using it to communicate more effectively, like we're talking about, is is you know a great way to utilize that. But the other thing it does, and I was talking to. Uh, Noah Puse that was on the on the show earlier this week, and he was talking about um, they they have a a, a, a uh, software product that helps with periodic evaluations. It's not I'm not even giving it justice. It's not an evaluation, but it's more like a three sixty peer anonymous thing. So, it, but that's not my point. My point is is that if you understand the personality profiles of the people that on your team you're going to be able to see that Damon is this kind of person and Damon is going to be or not going to be effective working outside as effective working outside the office or may need some additional coaching or help to work outside the office or maybe even be the one that needs to be in the office because they're going to work in that much more. And I think while it is very beneficial to be able to offer a hybrid work environment, yeah. it has no doubt added complexity to the management, not just because we got people in different places, right. but because now we've, we've also incorporated that other variable that some people work well in an office and some yes, people yes. don't need it. Right, right, right. That's a great point too. Because Yeah. You start to think about all this stuff when you go communication. Yeah. Yes, communication is number one, but but and and we'll say but yeah. and understanding these the people better that 
allows that communication also that understanding allows you to help them develop better help put them in the right situations for success and and keep them out of situations that like you said with our, our um, infinite capacity for self-delusion <laughs> right. that they will put themselves in that they think they're going to be successful but you know they're going to bomb yeah yeah <laughs> you know that that when i went into business this business on my own i got out of this morning this business every single day of my adult life before i went into this business i went to an office and I had an office, I had staff, I had everything, right? I mean, it was all there. And uh, when I started this business, well, I don't need an office. I work out of my house. What a mistake. The transition of like, well, you know what? I'm here. I'll just throw a load of wash in. I'll just do this. So that you, oh, it was a disaster. Uh, it was a <laughs> it was a real disaster. It took me a while and I had to get out. I had to get out. Uh, yeah. And that's that, that's that kind of understanding that we have of ourselves and, and uh, the others around us, because I really think when you when you look at it, business is communication. And yes. uh, I'll tell you, it's 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 interesting for me personally now that we help more companies in healthcare and and other things that aren't like starting out in manufacturing. You got the whole technical yeah. aspect of what we're building and all that kind of stuff that that yeah. drives some of the some of the things that you need to worry about but when you're working in in a business that's so people focused like a like a retail or a healthcare setting it is it is even more critical to understand yeah. this the people the how they work together personalities and everything it's, only if you want to get great results otherwise well, you're going to lose your people you're going to burn them out they're going to be pissed off uh, they're going to hold a grudge. They're going, you know, it's it, you're going to have a lot of resentments going on. It's just a bad, bad scenario. Yeah, yeah. So if you had to tell people listening, <coughs> what are the two most important things they should think about if they want to help their organization communicate more effectively? What would they be? Well, without a doubt understand the, the disc profile of every single person. But in addition to that, when you're having a conversation with anyone, whether you know the style or not, is ask for feed, ask a question like, Damon, uh, let me make sure that I understood what you just said or what you just asked, okay? Just to make sure that we're on the same page, right? Because I'm a Pollock, I'm a little slow on the uptake, poke a little fun, they'll laugh, but then you're going to get feedback. They're going to say, this is what I heard. I've done this before. And they say, no, 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 you're, that's not, <laughs> no, you're way off. Okay, let's try it again. And uh, so asking, and people don't want to do that, right? Because they get the bobbly head. First of all, especially if you're a manager and you're telling an employee what to do, Employees like the bobbly bob bobbing head up in the 1960s Chevy, uh, 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 yeah. and they walk out of the room and they say, "What the hell is he, he or she talking about?" I have no idea. But they're 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 not. They don't want to embarrass themselves or you know put themselves on the spot. Uh, it, it's easier the older you get to, because then you don't care. You just say, "Look, I, I don't understand. Help me out, you know. Help me out because I don't get it." <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm glad know, I'm not the only one that thinks that because it does get easier and it is and that is one yeah. I, I too I, I come back again to communication and and yeah. setting that expectations for people to ask when they don't really understand is something that leaders really need to do because 
makes a tremendous difference. And, and the second thing is expectation management. What are your expectations from this conversation? What are my expectations? You get expectation management. Uh, and, and, and again, that, uh, validate it some way, feedback, whatever. But then there's, there's, there's no mutual mystification. And that's what happens all the time. Mutual mystification. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. Yeah. The expectation management. So we got understand the profile, your, your yeah. profile on the people. Make sure you're understanding what they're really saying to you. And then manage expectations. And ask clarifying questions. If you don't understand. Look, everybody not everybody, but lots of people in their, their own businesses, right? They have buzzwords for everything. So even when I'm doing these workshops, I'm like, excuse me, what's that BH mean? The BWH, the, the, the XYZ, whatever, right? And people around the table, they're like, I'm glad you asked that. I didn't know what the heck they meant, right? People have been around a long time. We all have buzzwords for our business. And, mm -hmm. and even worse than that, the 500 most common words in the English language have 15,000 different meanings. Do you think there's some opportunity there for, for uh, a, a problem, for a challenge, right? Uh, so 500 words have 15,000. The 500 most popular words in the English language have 15,000 meanings. Yeah. When I, when I would do uh, sales training, I put up on the, I said, all right, everybody, I want you to get, take a pencil paper and I want you to answer this question. I'm going to write a word on the, on the whiteboard here. I'm going to write one word and I want you to write all the words you think that that means. So I'd write the word sales, salesman or salesperson, <laughs> dirt bag, high pressure, uh, uh, you know, loud suit, fast talk. I mean, like, they had no problem coming up with 50 or 100 words to describe that. Now I'd say, okay, I'll do, I'm going to do the same thing with a different word. Education. All kinds of stuff. I had a guy do it one time with me. One of, one of my coaches in a, in a group, he said, uh, circus. And people were clown, the, the, you know, all the circus. And, and, I, and, the first, and I was the first one. I said, Washington, D.C. And he, he just he looked at me and I'm like, well, that was when you said circus, that's what came to my mind, right? I got a great one for you now. I'll share this story because this this is a word that has multiple meanings, okay? And I think it'll drive the point out. It's easy to understand up, meaning toward the sky, or at least top of the list. But when we awaken in the morning, why do we wake up? At a meaning. Why does a topic come up? Why do we speak up? And why are the officers up for election when it is up to the secretary to write up a report? We call up our friends and brighten up a room. <laughs> we polish up the silver, warm up the leftovers, and clean the kitchen. <laughs> we lock the house up and some guys fix up an old car. At other times, this two-letter word has a real special meaning. People stir up trouble, line up for tickets, work up an appetite, and think up excuses. Here's the conflicting use of the word up. 
a drain must be opened up because it is stopped up or blocked up. We open up a store in the morning, but we close it up at night. No wonder folks are so mixed up in the world. <laughs> that is a great example because how many gazillion meetings are out of the, the way you used it? Right, right. Wow. Wow. Well, Michael, it's been awesome talking to you today about communicate more effectively and, and you know, and, and just to reiterate, understanding the importance of using something like a disk profile to understand the people you're trying to communicate with, yeah. making sure you're understanding, managing expectations and asking good clarifying questions. And then, uh, as you said before, learning how to flex into other people's styles so you're communicating with them the way they they really need to be communicated with rather than your style uh, when it's appropriate. And then in, in uh, the last thing you said, too, I think is really, really drives home the reason for the, um, uh, the, the importance of communication is the 500 words in 15,000 meetings. Yes, yes. That's all right. I, I, the phone went nuts. I couldn't, I couldn't swipe it. That's just the way it works. But the 500 words in 15, 500 most used words in the English language with 15,000 meanings. Uh, yeah. And then your use of the word up in so many different situations clarifies the need for communicating more effectively, succinctly. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here today, Michael. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I appreciate your taking the time with us, Michael. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Great job. So if it all you up. want to get a hold of you, what's the best place to get a hold of you? Uh, www.achievable.com or Michael at achievable.com or pick up the phone and have a real conversation at 610-496-0399. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here today. Thanks everyone else. And we will be back again next week. Michael, just hang out for a moment. We'll talk yep. to you. Okay.